live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hey, welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. We're excited about tonight. We're going to get in Mr. Jernigan again and talk about his his book, When the Cheers Stop, and, and other things that are going on in the world of recruiting. But for now, let me get in my co-host, Duck Riley. How are you, sir? Doing well, Princess. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And my co-host, Tim Moore, how are you? Very well, Princess. Awesome, awesome. Duck, I was bonding with Tim pre-show and tell him I had a little cold, and I'm playing hurt. I'm on the bench, and that means no no dinner, no nothing. I'm playing as hurt as I can be. I don't oh, feel good. Poor, poor Rev. Yeah, he's called three times. What you cooking? I just can't. I can't walk. <laughs> can't make it to the kitchen. <laughs> exactly. He's telling me something about KFC, uh, Popeye. <laughs> something. Bring you something. I'll be okay. I'll make it. <laughs> oh, boy, am I just airing this on live radio? I am. <laughs> All of my secrets here. But <laughs> let's get started, gentlemen, and welcome in uh, Mr. Jernigan. How are you, sir? Welcome to the show. I thought we had Dijon Jernigan. I'll open up this mic. Maybe that's not him yet. Uh, Duck, send me the last four of his phone number when you get a chance. You may have sent it before. My apologies. Uh, no problem. Hey, look, <laughs> I'm at the. Don't tell me I'm at the track him down again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that may be it for sure. Um, in the meantime, I'll talk to Tim about. Um, okay. Hugh Jackson. Um, Tim, your your thoughts about that? I, I don't know. I, I thought he would get more time to do what he needs to do. Um, for him to just be there t- two years, Tim, and I know everything is internal, but there's got to be some disagreement on, on where the program is going, correct? Yeah, I think I think it's got to be, because I was sort of surprised by that one when it came across the wire uh, this afternoon. Um he, you know, I knew he had the misstep when he hired when he hired uh, Bryles, Art Bryles, uh, you know, yeah. when he first got there. But yeah. it seemed like they had put that behind them. And uh, I watched them the other day on the Bayou Classic, and they played pretty well. Um, they looked mm-hmm. like they were playing with energy, and um, uh, I, I was just kind of caught off guard. I know that Grambling has a tradition of being, you know, uh, over the years. Uh, the top, you know, HBCU in, in, exactly. the, in the country, but at the same time, exactly. you know, it's been a while since they've been at that level, and it seemed like he was making some strides in that direction. So uh, I, I was just kind of caught off, off guard. So like you said, I, I think there must be something going on behind the scenes that we just don't know about. Yeah, you know, and um, I am a product of an HBCU and a proud product of one, but I do understand the ailments that we have as as HBCUs in the front office, the athletic departments, you know, um, the trustee board, board of trustees, and how we handle and funnel money in and out of that department. 
and and I know that we're not a power five, but somehow we've got to learn to fix the problems and um, keep good coaches, keep good people, keep good talent. Um, and and I'm going to yeah. say a la Ed Reed at Bethune-Cookman. I thought that was a tragedy how all of that played out and how Bethune-Cookman didn't think enough of Ed Reed to have a office prepared and clean and welcoming to him. He had to get out, get there and clean it out himself, and that didn't last for two or three weeks, and he was gone. Um, and that yeah. is the, the the ugliness of HBCUs. Right, Tim? Yeah, and, and you know, and, and I didn't go to HBCU, but I have several several friends that that have, and I've known people who've who've actually worked at HBCUs, uh, and it's it's really a shame because uh, traditionally uh, many of these institutions were, were were run quite well historically, yeah, uh, and then um, yeah. then over the past it seems the past two or three decades um, they have been doing things uh, a lot of times at the board of trustee level that have just really crippled these institutions. And uh, yeah. it's a shame because a lot of our young people, uh, and it's going back that way now with the affirmative action uh, redresses and other things that are going on, um, this is their only option to go to college, uh, financially exactly. and academically. Uh, and uh, to go into environments like this uh, where um, there is some systemic problems it's it's really Correct. it's really sad, really sad. Correct. You know, I'm a product of Spelman College, and their endowment is sitting pretty. So is Howard's. There's several, right. you know, different ones. But I'm also in Columbia, Morehouse. South Carolina, yeah. which is Morehouse. You know, um, I'm down the road from Orangeburg, South Carolina, where South Carolina State was, and Nikki Haley, as governor, um, you know, took away their accreditation um, and well. forced them to pay their energy bill, which had gotten so high, you know, just little things like that. And to me, um, that's on another level of embarrassment. I, I really feel like that. We, we've got to do better. We've got to yeah, do better. Yeah, the, so. the Bethune-Cookman situation with Ed Reed, it seemed as though that there has been a habit of operating that way where nobody was saying anything much uh, yeah. over the years. And all of a sudden he yep. comes in and he wants them to do the right things, and then they, they turn around and make him a scapegoat um, because yep. they're not willing to, to change and, and do the things that they ought to be doing. So I, I, it's, I don't know. Um, it's just sad. It's sad all the way around because the athletic departments uh, really suffer as the result a lot of times of, of, uh, of problems at the administrative level. Mm-hmm. And, and I saw some up close here with Benedict College, and my, 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 have they turned around so much there. Um, and, and with Coach Barry now winning, you know, going undefeated in two straight um, regular seasons, just losing in the playoffs. But um, it can be done, but we, yeah. we have to do better for sure. Duck Riley, yeah. are you there? Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead and finish your thoughts, though, Tim, because I really want to – um, yeah, I was just going to say you, know, you talked about you talked about uh, Benedict and and uh, you know uh, Hampton uh, just a few years ago had a president that came in and, and really shook the trees and and really righted the mm -hmm. ship there. Um, so it can yeah. be done, as you said, if people have the will and the uh, mentality to to care about the institution more so than what they can pull away from the institution. Correct, and to the point where some. Um, HBCUs have aligned, 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 aligned themselves with power five. 
and yeah. um, you know, and and some HBCUs have said, no, no, you're not taking a look at our books. But it's one yeah. way to 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 write the ship for just a little bit, um, for sure. Duck Roddy, Mr. Jernigan's um, last four is it six three five nine? Yes. All right, we got him. Welcome to the show, Mr. Jernigan. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing really good. Doing really good. Thank you for taking some time out to be with us again. Duck and Tim, go ahead and take over. I'll come in at the end. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much you heard of uh, Prince's and Tim's conversation, uh, Jernigan, but uh, can you expand on that, your feelings with what happened with Avery down at Bethune-Cookman? I know you were out, you were out in California, but I'm kind of sure you heard a lot of what was happening. Oh, absolutely. I, I I work with HBCUs through my service, so, you know, my okay. everyday is my is my high school scholar recruiting service. And the, the situation with Ed Reed, when you were saying that he was down there, and uh, as far as them hiring him, and then, and then I guess as far as, you know, the trash, I saw a lot of, like, the trash and the yeah. stadium yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Not um, even having his office but, ready. Yeah, I mean, you know, we. Funny, I'm friends with Reggie Theus. I know Reggie Theus real well. He's a, I think he's the athletic director, basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Well, athletic director, yes. Yeah, and and so I know, you know, Reggie comes from. He's from my, you know, he's from L.A. around my way, and he coached at Cal State Northridge and some other schools. So I, I really don't know what to to really say of it. I know a lot of times we get a lot of parents who ask me, can we help or I help their kid go to an HBCU and go to a lot of schools, um, you know, go to an HBCU. And, and the biggest thing is, is on the West Coast, we really try to help them, but a lot of the schools that we can get our students in, I think um, the, the lady named, named the schools that have the money. A lot of the other schools don't have the financial backing to, to take an out-of-state student-athlete really to, to go to their school. And, we, you know, it, it, it really comes back to uh, <laughs> our athletes actually having the the ability to say, you know what, our top athletes, I'm going to go to an HBCU. Deion Sanders tried to do it. I think in pulling athletes to those schools, and making TV and marketing contracts come to those schools where they can benefit from the monies. Um, the problem is our athletes don't go. They don't know the history. Um, right. of, they don't know the history of the schools and know that, you know, the schools that they like not too short, long time ago, those schools didn't even want them there. But when you look at the bowl money, the TV money, and the money that those schools are getting, if you had a LeBron, so to speak, type athlete coming out of high school, Kobe type athlete coming out of high school, and they decided to go to those schools, they would bring so much revenue um, to help with those schools if you could get the numbers of those athletes to go to those schools. The problem is that (laughs) – our kids don't do the history. They don't look at it. They don't have the pride to to take a step that way. And when you go visit USC in my area and you go in a weight room and 
$10 million. They've built this weight room with iPods and Nike this and that and all this stuff. And then you go down and you go visit Grambling or you go visit Fisk or one of these, and the, and the weight room look like the weight room at a Motel 6 where you're on the road. It, 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 it's it's kind of hard to tell a kid. It, it, it's kind of hard to tell a kid, no, it's your heritage. You should go to that school. And they're like, nah, I'm, I'm going to stay here, right? So, I mean, I, I Well, gentlemen, that's what it. I'm talking about is that a Morehouse mm-hmm. has a really good endowment, and um, they're getting those type of donations and contributions, yet the football department does not have a strength and conditioning department at all. It has there, there is no strength and conditioning right. program. There are there is no weight room, and then there was no recruiting budget. So, it, I don't understand. And let's take South Carolina State. They go play play Clemson at Clemson. They take a bus there. It's not like it's a you know it's a flight, and they get paid a million dollars. But they have to take that million dollars and spread it across not only the athletic department but the academic part. We we have to fix that. We have to fix it. But I think something that Deion Sanders brought out and that a lot of people don't know, and they said this has been happening a very long time, there are people in administration and they're taking that money and they feel like they do that money because they've worked for so long. That's right. There you go. There you go. For for a little bit of nothing. And now they're, they're taking back that money. They feel like I've, I've waited for this payday, so I'm going to get mine now, and, hey, the football team will suffer. Because, again, we're not educating the kids on, um, you know, what these schools were built on, why they were mm-hmm. built. They weren't built on mm-hmm. sports. They were built because we wanted to be educated, and we were we were told we couldn't go to other schools. Now, uh, y'all, y'all talking to a guy. I, I can take this to a whole another to another place, but I don't believe in the color barrier being broken by Jackie Robinson. The color barrier was broken because the Negro leagues were taking more money from out of the white leagues. So of yeah. course, the color barrier is green. It ain't never been black and white. It's green. <laughs> and so, at the end of the day, if we understand that it's green and that we're the commodity that they want to see then I'm going to go to the black school and I'm going to make the TV and I'm going to make the cameras and I'm going to make all the money come my way. And that is where a lot of these situations happen and a lot of these kids don't get that. And that that comes from trying to, you know, really if we start educating, say, hey, man, you know, look, you know, Kentucky didn't want you to be there. Right. You know, uh, Alabama, right. roll tide, they don't, they never wanted you to be there. Now, University of Florida. Yeah, Nick Saban can make five and seven million dollars a year, but if you go back and look at the history in 1968-69, it was the USC integrated basketball football team that went and beat Alabama, and Bear Bryant said, "Oh, I gotta give me some black athletes too." Right, that's right. And the next year, yeah, he, he had the first black football yeah, player he said on he had to get one of them. <laughs> yeah, I gotta give me one of them. Yeah, That's Jurassic right. Park. I got to get me one of them. I got to get me one of them dinosaurs. <laughs> Look at that. But um, it, it comes back to the generation that we're in. Thank God for my father, my grandmother. And now we're not teaching. We're not. The pride is not there to say, 
I'm going to look. I would I would love for every for the NCAA to put a rule in that every student athlete that they would pay for a student athlete to go visit at HBCU as a part of their recruiting trip because it would only be fair in the sense that you kept us out for so long. <laughs> and and, yeah. and our kids and our kids aren't making you know, they're not making those uh they're not making those uh trips a part of their recruiting trips. So, you know, that that's my take on it. I, I really and, and, and it's and it's a great take too. You you know you brought up some interesting points. Uh, the the one thing that you talked about, you know, as far as the young men doing that history, uh, you know, mm-hmm. learning that history, researching, but most of that parents now are are the ones that came up and they don't know that history. It's it's the older, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's us. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm a grandfather now, so. I know the history, but my, mm-hmm. my my kids are learning it because of me. But they they really wouldn't know the history. Yeah, especially yeah. you know, I heard you I heard you mention the the Negro Leagues, and and mm-hmm. that's a perfect example of of something. I I went to the Negro Leagues baseball museum in Kansas City a few years ago, and that was mm-hmm. really one of the first times I realized what you had just pointed out is that in cities like Kansas City and Pittsburgh, they were outdrawing the Pirates at times. They were outdrawing, yep. you know, the major Absolutely. league teams uh, in, in those cities often. Yep. And when you when you look at it, you go back and you look at the movie, you know, Jackie Robinson, and you look and you go, well, how how did he break it? He's still sleeping on the bus. Yeah. He, he, he breaks the color barrier. He's a dodger, but he can't eat with his team. Mm-hmm. He can play. He can make yeah. us money. He can make us money. He can play, but he can't do any of the other things. So he was just used to show the other white owners that it could be done. And then here comes Satchel Page. Here's come uh, Roy Capanella. Here comes all these okay. other guys later on because and and they were at the you know some at the end of their careers when they finally got a chance. That's but it right. was almost like we made it. Well, we had already been making it, brother. We was already making money. <laughs> <laughs> we were already beating them. They had yeah, they it. they made us believe that they had something, you know, and that's where the the term comes. That their water was colder. Our water was already cold. <laughs> we were winning. <laughs> Your water wasn't colder. You needed us to help your water get colder. And we went and did it and then said, Who I've arrived, I'm here. And that's what's happening with the student athletes. Oh, I made it here. You know, I'm at this particular school and and it's better. And that's the mindset that I deal with every day in rec- in recruiting with with these kids is that you know, you have kids now who don't it is like HBC they think the Division Two programs in football and other sports, or NAIA or small, so they think it's a consolation prize. If they don't mm-hmm. get to go to a Power Five, it's like, oh yeah, well, here I you go. I'll go. I'll go here, and it's like, huh? Can you smell opportunity? Yeah. Do you understand how to network, and that you can go wherever you're trying to get to? You can get there from right here, right? Like, no, yeah, but. 
They don't they don't get that. And as as the, uh, the gentleman said again, it's the parents' fault because we create that monster. And if we only let them see USC, UCLA, and the bigger schools think anything else is out there, when you present it to them, then they go, oh, I guess I'll go there. And they're upset. <laughs> they are. Because they and want to I, make I a big deal. They want to make a big joke of a power five and have, you know, they were offered by Alabama, Tennessee, you know, West Virginia, what, you know, they want, they want that. But then to decide on an HBCU or a less than a power five and, you know, they can't make that big splash on national signing day. And I think we all have contributed to that in some form. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is, is lack of history and knowledge, you know, mm-hmm. I just want to add this one. Asia Wilson, um, you know, here in Columbia, South Carolina, born and raised, and she committed to South Carolina with Don Staley, but she said her grandmother was not allowed to walk on campus. Blacks couldn't walk on campus. They were arrested. They were arrested. You had to walk around, you know. um, And, and, uh, you know. I would would love my daughter if I had a daughter to play with with, with Don Staley, but you, you said something about it's National Signing Day. It's not National Signing Day. It's it's social media. It, it's the clout yeah. chasing, clout chasing on social media. Parents, yeah. if I had somebody where Mary Washington University is, or <laughs> or, or one of these other schools, <laughs> I have a I have a, a student athlete right now. He he's at Rose Holman in Indiana, one of the top engineering okay. schools, right. They don't know where that is, but that don't sound sexy on Twitter. That doesn't sound sexy <laughs> on, on Instagram, yeah. right? Well, me, Carnegie Mellon. Carnegie yeah. Mellon. You think you you like Carnegie Mellon? What what what's that? Cool. You know. So, but but amazing edu- you know academic institutions, and and the problem is is the parents can't post, or you know can't post something that no one else does know. It's 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 crazy to keep up with the Joneses and the Jacksons and the and the and the whoever they're trying to keep up with, but that's what it is. Yeah. And so the, kids, Jernigan, the kids. Yep. Go ahead. No, go ahead and finish your thought. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying the kids are, are you know, just taken by their parents and 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 trying to make them feel like you know, follow the, they follow in that footsteps. So I guess if my mama said they. It ain't cracking. It ain't gonna be cracking, <laughs> you know. Okay. So. okay. Well, let me let me let me follow that train of thought and 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 then transition just a little bit. Um, we talked about the HBCUs, and we know the Everson Walls and the uh, Doug Williams and uh, the Carlos Pennywells and, and and those people who have come out of HBCUs and gone on to play pro ball. Um, and you know, we've got people like Eric Williams who went to central state, uh, was an all pro at the Dallas Cowboys for, for a number of years, uh, coming out of an mm-hmm. HBCU, uh, Hugh Douglas, the right. same thing. Right. Um, right. when you've got kids who come up in an environment and they actually do come from that, that kind of background and they make it, um, what are some of the challenges you deal with in making sure that they hold on to their money when the cheering stops? So the, the biggest part is is what trying to help them set themselves up now. So mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of that has to happen throughout the college years. And you're you're asking 
what do we do to help a student athlete or a professional athlete handle their money when the cheering stops, if they make it to the league and and what they do? So a lot of that has to happen like anything else. It has to be, you know, learned. It has to be something that is happening. I have a student athlete right now that's about to graduate from uh, UCLA, and he's he's got an opportunity to go to the NFL. Met with him this morning at the barbershop. His what we've been doing for the last four years is about is is setting him up for the if, and the if okay. is if you make it to the league, you're going to add the league to what you're already doing, and so what you're already doing is as a freshman, hey, let's start having a conversation about charity and nonprofit and what you want to do when you finish playing college football. I'm not going to talk to you about the NFL. I'm just going to say when you – it's all in the lingo and what you talk mm-hmm. about, right? Uh, one thing I talk about in the book is your plan B – your plan A should be your plan B, right? Because the kids talk about and the parents talk about the NFL before they talk about the degree or before they talk mm-hmm. – so so it's, it's that same mindset of, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to be a fireman if I don't go to the league. If you don't go to the league, you're going to be a fireman. No, you mean you're going to be a fireman, and if you happen to play football, you'll happen mm-hmm. to play football. But you're going yeah. to be a fireman regardless. You're going to be a businessman. You're going to be an entrepreneur regardless whether you play football or not. So it, it, it starts with the lingo. So one of the things we did was, was get Carl to start understanding. Um, his name is Carl Jones. He plays at UCLA is to start understanding that what you do today is going to help your tomorrow. Let's start talking about today helping your tomorrow. And so Carl goes, yeah. freshman year, boom, let's get your 5013C. Let's get you a nonprofit. What do you like? He loves kids. All right? What are you going to school for? Going to school for business and I'm minoring in film. I'm in L.A. I love creating videos and movies and this and that. Great. You're at the right school. Connect with the right people. All right? Let's start talking about your person. Let's set up your person and what you're doing in the community. So this morning we talked about a toy giveaway, doing some different things. I live in, again, Bakersfield, 400,000 people, only 3% black in our city. Everybody black here is either cousins, related. They know somebody. I am the only (laughs) outsider who just moved to this place because this is where God put me. So – when this kid made it to UCLA, it was like he already made made it to the league, NFL. He's already <laughs> had, through his foundation, college tours and all that with, with elementary school kids on the campus of UCLA. You guys might say, well, okay, it's only two hours away. What's the big deal? In Bakersfield, that two hours is a world away. Like okay. these kids only deal within the bubble of this city. So, for them to go see Carl Jones and walk on his campus and go into the locker room was phenomenal. So in building that, guess what else he's building? Relationships. Now, as little as 400,000 people, we're probably one of the richest counties in the United States because we're Ag County, we're Kern County, we're in the central part of California. He has met now farmers, oil, you know, we got a large oil base here that okay. if he doesn't make it to the NFL, he has built relationships with people in this community that 
are that that's just huge, <laughs> huge, yeah. right? And so that's it. It's it's setting those guys up with with that kind of. Stuff. I learned from a, a very very smart Jewish man by the name of Harlan Warner uh, about doing what you need to do with the first check. See, a uh-huh. lot of these guys, they they want to get to that second contract, and most of the time, in the NFL, three point five years, you don't make it to the second second contract. So you got to do something within that first contract. But that yeah. stuff has to be set up while in college. If I told you what you these know, student athletes are getting monthly just from a scholarship check, if they live off campus, they could put away they could put away a, a good amount of money in four years. Literally, they really could. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to you talk about guys training, you know, during their college years and preparing themselves for life. I, uh, the, the the host of the show, uh, is I, I was just thinking in my mind, is a great example, uh, Dave Riley. He's a guy who was playing Division One football at University of West Virginia University and eventually uh-huh. went on and played pro ball. But um, – one of his class, one of his teammates was on with us uh, several months ago, and he said something that that I never forgot. And I found out later on, kind of what it was. He said that um, that when uh, when they were playing with the Philadelphia Stars, and Dave did play pro ball, um, Dave was one of the only guys on the team that had a master's degree. And it wasn't yep. it wasn't a phys ed master's degree. It was a master's degree in environmental something or another that I can't even I didn't even know they had a degree. <laughs> but he was trained. You know, the point being that he was trained to do other things in case that pro career didn't work out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's and it, and it comes down to summers and different you know things that they're doing during their off season. My son plays at San Jose State. We are working on his internship. Ask how many athletes right now are actually doing internships in the summer when football's not in, and I would tell you probably 95% of them are not. They're not doing anything. They're training for the NFL. They have tunnel yeah. vision. So they're not. You're absolutely, you're absolutely correct. They're not coming home and saying, okay, I have four and a half weeks. So during the pandemic, I created uh, through Zoom a, a, a term that I think I coined, I said, since they can't go into these companies, then we need to do what's called a Zoom internship. And we, hmm. we, we created a Zoom internship. And I called companies and I called business men that I know. And I said, hey, if a kid can't come into your company because of the pandemic, I know you guys aren't doing internships, we have something called Zoom internship. And with Zoom, he can meet with you 15 minutes a day. He will have his questions ready about your company, about what he wants to do, talk with you 15 minutes on Zoom for two weeks a day, just as if he was working there. And when it's done, will you still give him the letter of recommendation and say that he did an internship? Absolutely, John. We think it's a brilliant idea. Let's do it. Mm. Wow. And that's how we helped during the pandemic, and now I'm getting back in with companies going, hey, I got a young man that's got to go into school for journalism. He would love to do an internship. How do we do an internship at Fox Sports? How do we do it at NFL Network? But nobody's picking up the phone, calling, and making these things to be what they need, you know, for these athletes. 
Everybody's going, yeah, hey, go put on 10 pounds of muscle. You're trying to get to the NFL. Go work out this <laughs> summer when I see you. You know, and that's it. That's it. They're training the body and not the mind, and and, and that's it. And so yep. a lot of these kids are, a lot of these kids are coming home and they don't know what. And so that's again where the depression comes in, because when it's over, I don't know what to do. Did you do an internship? No. What'd you get your degree in? Uh, man, I I I ended up getting into sociology. Okay, so what you gonna do? I don't know, because I didn't plan. I never planned to do anything, but play for one of those thirty-two teams that never called me. You know, that's, that's very important. You, you, that's interesting you brought that out because 30, you said 95%. I agree with that 100% because even my grandson and, and Tim and Princess know, and, I, and we have hopped on that with uh, West Virginia University, you know, letting work towards having, you know, because we're normally known to say when we come out, uh, what type of experience do you have? Mm-hmm. We don't have any because we never got to do an internship. Yeah. So, you yeah. what you're saying, it was great that you're doing it. So now, you you're saying that they're calling you, or you're still calling them about the internship? Yeah, no, I'm calling companies for for student athletes. Um, when I when I talk to student athletes about what they're doing in the summer, what they're going, how long, how much time. Um, the first thing I get is I don't have a lot of time. Hey, bro, you got a week, you got four days. What do you you want to go into finance? So then I then I go through my network. I'll go find somebody who is working in in finance. Somebody that may be working for at, working in a company. I have a, a friend, Joe Williams. He he's a financial advisor. Joe, look, check it out. Do you got two hours spanned over? you know, a week, 15 minutes a day, you can meet with this kid and talk to him about getting his Series 6 and 7 and 52. What 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 can you help him do with understanding how get in a license and insurance and what might be his first job? Absolutely. How do we set it up? And then we just set it up and we connect those two and then they they get on Zoom and they do it and he gets they get a letter. But it takes some work, you know, and it, and it takes you presenting that, um, you know, to to these student athletes, but those are kids that I know um, on a larger scale. You guys got to go in, and I think those are questions that I make. I, I always have the parents ask, ask that question when you when, during recruiting. See, we mm-hmm. missed it right then. You know, what's your why for going to this school other than it's got a pretty logo and it's beautiful and they're offering a scholarship? Let me ask you this, coach. You got you know when they say, hey, you got any questions for me? Yeah. Tell me about the summer. What do you guys do with the student athletes? How much time is he going to have? Is he going to have time to do an internship based upon the degree that he's coming to get? Parents don't ask that question. They don't. Yeah. Parents are asking yeah. about tickets and how many tickets do he get to the game because my mama <laughs> want to see and my aunt and my cousin. That's what they're asking. Hmm. You, know, you know, that's very yeah. interesting. That's very, that's very, very interesting. I, uh, you, you, I'm, uh, my wheels are turning just listening to you. I'm thinking about a kid um, that um, we all know, and I won't mention his name, um, who was a five-star coming out of high school. Everybody was recruiting him. He's from Ohio, 
uh, and uh, Ohio State was a little bit late to the game, but they got in uh, before his senior year, and um, he ended up just wanting to leave. He ended up going to Alabama, played on a national championship team there. But one of the things that one of the guys in his hometown who's an attorney was talking about was, the, you know, what are you going to do after you get out of school if you don't make the league like, you're, like, you're, uh, like your book deals with? And he yeah. – uh, he didn't make the league. Everyone thought he was going to do it. He got hurt his senior year in the national championship game and didn't make the league. And uh, the folks at Alabama had used him, you know, for what they needed to get out of it. Uh, and a black man in Alabama who's not playing ball is just another uh, guy. <laughs> I started to say something else. But, um, he, um, you know, <laughs> so he ends up back in Ohio uh, getting picked up last year for robbing a convenience store um, because his life was shattered and he did nothing to prepare himself. And the folks that wanted him so badly to come to Alabama uh, didn't do anything for him after he graduated. Right. Absolutely. My son, I I was saying this to my son on Saturday is I I have no, I love the football game. I love, I love the game. I said, but here's what what we got to get ready for. Season be over. You have a bowl game. In uh, January, have you talked to – San Jose is in the Silicon Valley. And here, here's where the coaches are upset with me because upon recruiting him, they introduced him to a lady that works from the staff who helps with internships. And have you mm-hmm. talked to her? Uh, I haven't talked to her. I, we haven't talked to her in two years since you've been there. Right? She's there for the recruiting trip to tell you what she does and how she helps but you haven't seen her since you've been in school. Okay, that's all I need to know. Let me go talk to Coach. Now, surrounded by San Jose State in the Silicon Valley, there's Zoom, Adobe. I mean, there's all these tech companies. Mm-hmm. I go, there is no way. Now, you guys going to tell me that all these student-athletes you guys hear, and, of course, she resurfaced once I start talking because you will never get another athlete my way if if this is something you present and then we don't you don't hear it. and her her number one thing to me was Mr. Jernigan they don't come and talk to me wow. I put myself there I let them know she's like we had 25 30 students over at Adobe doing internships we just got somebody hired at Zoom we just got somebody hired at a new startup uh, one of my kids from this area there with a startup company, kid created an app or something, $300 million, uh, you know, amount of money that was invested in this company. One of my students is, is getting some of that money. But if they, our kids don't network. They get to college. They stay around their certain group of friends, and they don't understand that you're here in this melting pot and you don't know who the next Zuckerberg or whoever is sitting right with you, and you need to go meet them. <laughs> and I know you want to be a Kappa, Alpha, or whatever, but go over there and hang out with that group, that group, go meet that group, and, 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 and find out what's going on. And then a lot of the athletes don't. You find them in their dorm playing Madden, playing the video game for two and six hours, and life is going right by them. And they're just there to play football. Now, do you think, too, and we're talking about the internship and, and doing stuff over the summer, at those Power Five schools, there's a lot of pressure on the kid 
to be uh, around, even though the coaches can't be around technically, mm-hmm. that they're not pushing that internship. They're just saying you need to be in the weight room, you need to be working out, you need to be doing stuff with the team. So yeah. I'm thinking they're receiving a lot of pressure there. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, my son just said that to me today is that they have something called PRPs, player-ran <laughs> practices. And and in those the, those player-ran practices, they expect you to be there. But he also mm-hmm. said if you come and you let them know I have an internship, then that's that's something different. Here's the other scary part which you bring up. But because of the portal, and you get new kids transferring in, the guy that's coming to try to get minutes from you because you're doing an internship mm-hmm. may take your minutes because he's been to PRP, yeah. he's been in oh, the yeah. weight room, he's in a, and you're like, well, dude, I just I just missed two weeks for doing my intern. And so now I, my, my minutes have been cut, or he's now starting over me, right? So that becomes the fear as well from the kid is that, Somebody's going to take my spot. Well, his coach is pretty good about it. It's like, look, man, I don't care about PRPs. That's just to make sure you guys are doing something. But if you're you're going to do an internship, go ahead. And I think it just comes back to having the conversation where you're adamant about it. You know, like, I'm a football player, but I'm a football player that needs these two weeks of this intern or three weeks of this internship because I may not play in the league. And if I get penalized for that, and I yeah, yeah, now, yeah, I, yeah, you don't think the coaches was whole lot against them, dude. There's no <laughs> coach like that. <laughs> no, come on, man. No, uh, in, in this in this in this gotta win right now era, yeah, <laughs> they gotta win right now. Yeah. Oh good goodness. Uh, you you hit it right over the head because I I've, I've heard a guy Kia said he wanted to intern. Let's say, you know, that joker was like 13 when they came to town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing. So you got to, I mean, it's, it's, it's all in perspective and how you put it. Because I, I can tell you, um, you know, it, there's a lot of guys go get, like I'm trying to encourage guys when they come home to do two things. One, get your insurance license if you've been in business. And the other one, as black men, Go substitute teach. Please substitute teach. And they go, Mr. Jernigan, why? I said, because there's too many young black boys that don't have fathers uh-huh. at home that mm-hmm. if you go substitute teach, you don't know how many days that if you can just go three days a week, two days, whatever it is, for them to see a black man in a suit teaching their class, that's going to go a long way. And so I started the, you know, substitute teach. Uh, initiative with a lot of a lot of my athletes who come home and they go, I go, what you doing, man? Everybody can't be a trainer. You know, y'all all trying mm-hmm. to train using the drills y'all learned at college and y'all coming home now, y'all became experts. And they, I mean, I know, and, and again, I, I'm just going to, I can say this, this is, this is true. Every one of these black kids that come home from college, come home to this town, usually wherever, they come home and they start training. It is white parents who pull out their checkbook and go, oh, he played at the university. Oh, my God, yeah. How much is it? And they pay him. Right. And now they're over on, on that side of town, 
training a bunch of white kids making. I did it. I did it mm-hmm. with basketball. I quit my job. I had 43 kids I was training in Denver, Colorado. I didn't did enough to take care of my family. I two two grand a month per kid. They were paying me to train them basketball. And I'm I can tell you today some of the sorriest kids I've ever trained in my life. But they weren't <laughs> gonna give up. But their parents, <laughs> their parents had the money. Hey, they parents had money, and they were like, I was over at what's called Cherry Creek, where all the Denver Bronco kids and parents and. They were like, okay, how much for your time? And, hey, if I want him exclusive, I don't want him with, like, nine other kids. I see you train sometimes, and you have a group. Can we do one-on-one, and I'll pay you double? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and and I was doing it, you know. And so I can tell you that I was like, nah, you guys go suck. <clears throat> My wife's a teacher, and she was like, I would ask, I said, what's the biggest problem you guys have? And she goes, no black male presence at our school. Our black boys are in the office every day. They're told to go here, do this, because nobody understands them, and there's nobody here that looks like them. And so I start saying, hey, man, I start pushing guys that way. I don't want you to be a teacher forever. I just want you to go, and right now they're paying two twenty-five a day. Go make that money, dude. You ain't going to get no benefits, but go make that money. And go be around some young black men, please. And a lot of my, a lot of the kids that come home, they do it. They do it. Mr. Jernigan, uh, how do you, you know, you you pointed out that a lot of these kids are growing up with, you know, single parent homes. They don't have men around as role models when they're growing up, and so we have parents who are who are sometimes sending very what very talented kids to college to play ball but they themselves may not know the questions to ask in terms mm-hmm. of how their kid is going to be handled outside of football in the areas that you're talking about. How do we, uh, how do we get our, our parents during the recruiting process to do their research to find out that, you know, kids that graduate from Ohio State, they, they get them on a local radio program or they, they get them, you know, a, a, an endorsement with, with Kroger's, uh, you know, when they get out of school. But this other school – that is winning ball games and on television all the time doesn't take care of their players. How do we get how do we get that word out and get get the parents informed or get them to inform themselves so that they can help their kids? Man, you asking one of the toughest things because you're dealing with you, you know you <laughs> you're dealing with educating us on something while we're while we're still in the the celebrating the celebrating phase, right? We're celebrating the scholarship. We're celebrating the kids and what we sound like, you know, hey, I need you to ask this question. And it's like, I don't want to ruffle no feathers. We're having a good time, right? We we don't want to. But in trying to do so, it's just one of those things that we have to, we have to just find find that time um, to really, um, we gotta really find that time to 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 really educate, and I think that comes from those booster meetings. That comes from, I mean, I'm always trying to have parent meetings. I'm always trying to have client meetings with these parents and invite invite another parent. Let's talk about 
some of these same things that you're talking about, we don't attend. We don't come. So we don't know. And we don't know until it's too late. <laughs> right? We, we, we don't. But, um, Coach Jelligan, so, you, you know how I, I used to get them to the meetings if I hear, if I hear food. Yeah, my my youth pastor told me that years ago. He said, he said, Elder Jernigan, you the you now you the youth leader. He said, always buy chicken. They'll show up. Everybody will show up. Buy chicken and pizza. Just make sure you have food, and, and, and you'll get as many. And I and I would say, man, I'm tired of buying all this food, and 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 don't have the folk don't show up, and I'm eating all this food when it's time to go. So, um. No, I I think it just comes back from uh, really the platforms, um, using the platforms to say it. I think in the day we live in, everybody's on the Internet, everybody's on something, speaking about something. So I think I think it comes back to us just getting on the Internet, getting on stuff, and, and maybe creating this, these, this voice that's always talking about uh, – uh, that's always talking about school, always talking about these things. You know, create a video that says, hey – Five questions to ask, ten questions to ask, three questions to ask if you're in front of a college coach. You know, I, I did a podcast last night um, on how to pick the right high school because we have so many eighth-grade parents um, mm-hmm. with their kids going into high school, and we did the podcast, and it was really came down to that. What are your top three questions? What do you want for your kid in the long run? And is everything about getting to play Division One football or whatever it may be? And it just came out is that most of parents don't know their kids. <laughs> they don't know. So they don't know what to ask. So the thing is, find out who your kid is first. So then now you know what to ask. And then start talking about A through G and college requirements and, you know, pick a school, you know, and it just became into another place. But it's just it's trying to get them there. I mean, I'm I, that question you're asking me, I'm having the time in trying to get them there. <laughs> I, speak to, I speak this week at uh, – Los Alamitos High School in in in, in uh, the beginning of Orange County in L.A. and the guy called me and was like, "We have 31 uh, parents and their kids signed up already." Well, that's a predominantly white school. They're going to show up. It's free. It's not free now. What I have to tell them, and at the end of the day, I can sell my book. I can they can sell my service, whatever it may be. I can do the same thing for free. I will not have 31 families in the hood, in the neighborhood. They will not show up. He called me today and said, we got to change the room uh, because before Thanksgiving, we only had seven, and we put the flyer out. Now we have 31 families. So, and, and this is just people don't value information. My dad said knowledge is to be sold and not told. If it was free, we'd all go to SC. <laughs> so free information, it doesn't cost you. Go get it. My business is built on the NCAA.org website. Everything that I talk about, 90% of it is on that website. People don't go to that website. They don't know recruiting calendars. They won't go get it. It's free. It's absolutely free. Some of the first time people see it is when they sign up with the service and they get on and do a Zoom with me, and I go, yep, this is right on the website. I never knew that. It's right there. 
Hey, hey, uh, you got anything, Princess? Hey, look, this is, hey, look, this is good, man. And, and we didn't mean, look, we didn't mean to get off of the the book <laughs> and stuff like that. But I'm sure you you kind of plug stuff in from the book. But you know, this is to me, it's just a wealth of knowledge that everybody that's listening to the show should want to know. Oh, it's all it's all a part of the book because you know, and I, I thank you guys, and I enjoy it, man. So. Y'all call me once a month. There might be something new going on, man, because this recruiting, um, this recruiting and all this other stuff that's going on right now, I mean, I'm in the heat of it. I have a meeting tonight, uh, Boston College. I'm going to call him out, drop one of my kids last night. He's been committed for since July, and they called him last night and told him that they're going to go in the transfer portal. Mom called me broken in tears, and so – uh, one of my friends called me and said, hey, that's your show. That's one of the shows you need to do, letting these kids know that that offer don't mean anything um, yeah. until you sign on the dotted line. And I got to go meet with this family tonight and revamp some stuff. We've already talked to some schools. Um, the great thing about it, he's a 4.4 GPA, AP student. He already had Princeton and Yale offer him. And so he took Boston College. He likes football. And so we got to go back and – kind of have some conversations. We talked to Princeton already, and they're changing the flight, and they're coming out because they're still interested, and and he's going to have some options. He only has those options because of his academics. Doesn't have, It's not all about football. He has those options because he's a, a very smart kid. Um, but the way this stuff is happening and the stuff that I know that's coming down the pipeline with the new rules with NIL and, and, and the portal because – there is too much money being flown around. And so now, you know, people are, are starting to question some things. I think you guys, the, the young lady from LSU, be a great show for you guys to talk about her, uh, her GPA dropping to under 2.0. And now her coach, her coach wants to bench her. Well, where were you at when she was making all this money? Thank and you. Doing all these photo shoots. Right? Yeah. Oh man, I, I can go for days, man. Coach Coach Janigan, she didn't she didn't know what her grades was like. Nobody. So all those LSU, they can follow you. You can they can track what's happening, the student athletes. So you can't tell me yeah. nobody knew what was going on. No, no, yeah. no. They he was on the cover of Cosmopolitan, and I mean right. he was. Um, yeah. Signed by Sports Shaquille O'Neal, she was here. Just signed with Reebok, which, yeah, yeah. Signed so with what Mer- was a Mercedes Benz, you know. So yeah. Oh, yeah. she was somewhere. Yeah, but they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. The thing was, is they were relishing that she went to LSU and she was making money and she was bringing notes to her name and the school name. But you guys realize it was a parent that told and said she fell below the academic standard of the team. Not the school, because she can play the team, mm-hmm. and it ain't fair that she's playing and she only has a 2.0, and the team is 2.5. You can't go up under that. That's a parent yeah, that it told was Johnson's. Her. It was Johnson's mom that told, and and Angel Reese confronted her in the locker room. So I mean, it just got ugly. So and um, yeah, but they knew her GPA. But um, mm-hmm. when a parent said, "Hey, you know, we have an athlete." that's not up to standard, what are we going to do? Angel Reese knew who she was talking to and went, with the, went you know, full-blown on her. 
Well, at this point, you know, okay, now um, uh, Amoki has to do something. She has to address it. And now she doesn't want the media to know, well, shoot, they're still talking. They're still talking. Well, now, and, um, but and you can see it coming to this point. Well, she's going to become the poster child for, are they making too much money? Are we giving them too much money and now they can't keep up with school and they're going to make it a school thing? And so they're going to try to figure <laughs> out how to funnel that money so they can give it to them and issue it to them a certain way because everybody's not happy about NIL because guess what? We are the only ones getting paid. <laughs> the black right. But we as athletes <laughs> have to understand too, Mr. Jernigan, yeah. that you yeah. wouldn't be getting it unless you play and succeed academically. So it go, goes there hand go. in hand. You Absolutely. Know? Um, I, 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 I totally agree with you. I'm just saying, it, it only makes people mad when we get paid and we don't. And, and we don't. I agree we with you follow, there. We got we got to follow all the rules, all while they get paid too. Right. You know. So hey, look, and and I know we got to go, Princess, but you hit it right on the head. Once a month, yeah, we 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 all need to come on here and just chop it up. <laughs> I still yeah. got a whole bunch of questions. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Well, all right. Yes, sir. Just let me know. These these times are good for me, and 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 I I appreciate you guys. I love it. I love it. I love it. Love talking. Um, we, Coach Shoshana Cook wanted me to give you a shout out, Mr. Jernan. Shoshana Cook, you cool. were on her show. Uh, Shoshana yeah. Cook. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she just wanted me yep. to give you a shout out. Coach right. Harvey. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there uh, you go. There you go. Yeah. Yep. All right. We got to get out of the way here for the next show. This is awesome. Alrighty. And we'd love to have All you right. back once a month and, and yeah, do more of this. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Duck Riley, we'll see you at the top of the hour. Mr. Jernigan, thank you so much. Never had it so good. We'll be back in about two minutes. Mm-hmm.